Jesus means peace to me in whatever I'm going through, whatever circumstance I'm living. Um, whether that's something that, you know, whether he's stability when everything else is shaking or whether that means uh, assurance that whatever happens on the outside, inside, I'm still going to be okay with Jesus. I've struggled for as long as I can remember with understanding and accepting my worth as an individual. And I couldn't look at myself and see a creation of God that was made to be perfect and that he would transform to become perfect. Um, And so I only saw my flaws and mistakes and just the things that made me less of a person, you know, that would reduce my worth. That was all I could see. I saw mistakes and ruined chances. But slowly, Jesus, through starting to show me the way he made me to be, I'm starting to realize what I mean to him. And that makes me, that makes him mean even more to me, if that makes any sense. Through all the the time that I was doubting, Jesus took my hand and he led me through depression and fears and bitterness. And he led me in every step of my journey with my search for truth. Um, He showed me that he thinks the world of me and that he's already set me free from anything that can hold me back. And that that idea of freedom, that when Jesus came and died on the cross and gave everything that he was to rescue me and that he still would have done it if I was the only person that needed that kind of a sacrifice, that just floors me. And I, I I can't help but respond with my love for him. And so Jesus and what he's done for me means ultimate freedom. And Jesus is life. And I want to share a a verse, John 1, verse 4. It's one of my favorite verses. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And for Jesus, what Jesus means to me is abundant life. Jesus means that no matter what I go through, he's right there, and he's going to fill my life with all of the richest blessings that I can have that he wants me to have everything that he can give. Hi, my name is Wilson, and today I want to share with you a little bit of an experience that I've had seeing God in my life and what he means to me, because he's really shown that he's my friend and savior, and, you know, by showing me what he wants me to do. Uh... I will be going to Africa in about a month, and I will be there for three months. But it was, um, I needed the Lord to show me that he wanted me to go because I didn't want to go at first. I had my own plans. I had, um, you know, I knew what I was going to do. This is right in the middle of the school year. And I, you know, I didn't really want to do it. I mean, I was like, Lord, why couldn't have this been in the summer or something Um, more convenient for me? I was like, you're going to have to show me really what you want me to do, that, that this is what you want me to do. And so um, one night we went to Vespers at church, and there's a girl at our church that had just come back from a mission trip on Nicaragua. And she was holding the Vespers that night, she and her dad. And as I listened to them talk about their stories and how they were able to 
preach to people and to see people accept Jesus and to see how much it meant to them. And I was just like, I prayed in my heart. I was like, Lord, I want to do that. I want to be able to be a missionary for you somewhere like that. You know, help me to be able to go somewhere. And I heard him speak to me. I mean, it wasn't an audible voice, but it's like this thought pops into your head that I know I couldn't have come up with on my on my own. He said, you already know where I want you. You just don't want to go. And I was like, wow, that is true because I didn't want to go. And I kind of knew that he wanted me to. But I said, okay, Lord, um, I'll go. And I had a couple other fleeces I put out like Gideon. And, of course, they worked out. And I knew that God wanted me in Africa to serve him there. And now I'm looking forward to it. The more I've learned about it, the more, um, you know, I've got my cousin and a friend going with me. And so it's going to be an exciting experience. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the Lord has in store for me there. But he really showed me how personal he really is. Being a personal friend, just speaking to me in my life about decisions I'm going to make. And, you know, it really shows how much he loves me. And when I think about his death for us, and when you look at us, just tiny little specks on this earth, which is a tiny little speck in our solar system, which is a tiny little speck in, you know, numerous, numerous other parts of the universe, it would mean absolutely nothing to the rest of the universe if our whole earth wasn't here. And yet Jesus died, gave everything up for all of us, and he would have done it just for me. When you think about that, and when you see him working in your life, showing you what he wants you to do, it really, really makes you want to love him more. And, you know, that's what Jesus is to me, a close friend and a savior. Hi, I'm Brian. Um, You said your story was more like Gideon. Mine was more of the prodigal son. I was born and raised in the Adventist church a couple years ago. I decided that I didn't want to walk with God. I left. I moved from Maryland, where I was raised, to Tennessee. I didn't have God in my life at all. And finally, I just, it was so overwhelming to not have Him. I decided I was going to move to North Carolina, my family's vacation home, and try to find my way back to Him. Um, one night, I was standing in my kitchen. And it wasn't like an audible voice. It just, it was there. You couldn't hear it with your ears, but you knew he was speaking to me. And I realized, yeah, I've not been walking with the Lord. And I needed to come back to him. I completely gave my life back to God, surrendered everything to him. And things got so much easier. It was the most amazing feeling of peace that I've ever had to be able to just give up and quit trying and let the Lord lead me. And now this being my first mission trip, it's been an amazing feeling to come out and help people to be in a completely different state. And uh, it's been awesome to, to see how the Lord used me, even though I wasn't using my life for him. He brought me back, and he's used me for him now. What does Jesus mean to me? As you can see, each and every one of us, 
has a testimony. We all serve the same Jesus, but he comes to us individually in just the way that I need, just the way that you need. And if we had enough time, I'm sure that every one of us in this room could get up here and share a story similar to the three stories that we've just heard, but entirely different at the same time. Because it's my story. It's your story. It's not somebody else's story. It's our own. I want to share just briefly three things that Jesus means to me. Jesus is the one who sees me when no one else can see me. Yesterday, the the children at VBS were playing this game. Uh, All the children would stand around in a circle, and, and two would be blindfolded. And these two blindfolded children, it was quite entertaining, and those who saw the game can, 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 they know what I'm talking about. It was so entertaining to see them wandering around and trying to find the other person in this small circle that was also blindfolded. And all of the people that they bumped into, we kept them from hurting themselves. Jesus sees me when nobody else can see me. You know, I think of the time when he was sitting with his disciples and uh, so many important people around. I mean, the Pharisees were trying to attack him. The disciples were sitting there in the multitude. They had such a short time to hear the great truths of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus knew that he would be on the, on this earth for just a minuscule little amount of time, and every moment counts. But these little children, little rascals, were coming along, and the mothers were bringing them, oh, bless my children. And the disciples said, go away. Jesus has more important things to do. Do you know what Jesus said? Did Jesus prioritize things like you and I and his disciples did? Go away, little children. We've got more important things to do. No. What did he say? Suffer the little children to come to me and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus sees me when I'm the one that all of the world ignores, looks past, or calls a piece of trash. Jesus has this uncanny ability. When he was on this earth, it seemed like he had this ability to call out people, to notice people that nobody else ever saw. The widow woman walking up to the temple treasury while all of the the Pharisees were dropping in their gifts and she dropped in two little mites. Jesus said nothing of all of those gifts. But when that woman came with her two mites, he turns to his disciples. Do you see this woman? Do you see this woman whom no one else sees? The woman who had an issue of blood, who for years and years and years had lived her life in isolation from others. But one day she heard of Jesus. And she didn't want to bother him. She did not want to be noticed. No one else had noticed her except to push her away. And yet she came to Jesus, trying as hard as she could to be unnoticed, and only touched the hem of his garment. Not only did she receive healing, but Jesus turns and says to his disciples, Who touched me? For all of her life she had never been noticed. And now Jesus saw her. 
and a woman whom all of the nation saw as nothing more than a prostitute, someone to be victimized, someone to be shunned, to be disposed of at the drop of a hat. Jesus' enemies dragged this woman after they had shamefully entangled her into this trap that they were laying for Jesus. They dragged her into the presence of Jesus. And Jesus, rather than making this an occasion to duel out technicalities of the Mosaic law with the Pharisees, ignored those Pharisees and took that opportunity to minister to the woman whom they had sought to kill. Jesus sees me when no one else can see me. Secondly, Jesus helps me when no one else can help me. Not only did Jesus notice those little children coming into his presence, not only did he see them, but he brought them up on his lap. And he said to the multitude, unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. When that woman was brought into Jesus' presence, Jesus didn't just see the woman. He didn't just notice that she was there. But he reached down and he picked her up. He saved her from the threat of death and certain death at the hands of the Pharisees. But more than that, he saved her from the deepest sin to which she had sunk. He redeemed her and he gave her another chance. Jesus helps me when no one else can help me. And last but not least, Jesus loves me when no one else can love me. I love that song. And we sang it at VBS. Jesus loves me. This I know. And we think that's just a children's song. It's my song. It's your song. If you are a Christian, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. I don't know why he loves me. I don't understand it. If I look at myself, I cannot see any reason in myself why Jesus would love me. But that's just it. If, if, if there was a reason for Jesus to love me, it wouldn't be love. He'd be respecting me like I would respect a college professor. Or I would respect, you know. But the very fact is there's nothing in you for Jesus to love. And yet he loves you anyway. That's how I know. It's really love. Jesus says to his disciples in John 13, 34 and 35, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this will all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And he says in John fifteen thirteen, Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. My friends, Jesus came to this earth not just to tell us how much God loves us. He came here to show us how much God loves you and you and me. He didn't just tell us what God's kingdom is like. He showed us what God's kingdom is like by walking in our shoes by traveling the dusty roads, the dusty paths of Nazareth, 
Bethany of Jerusalem. And he didn't just tell us all about God's love. He demonstrated it to all the universe. And there's no better demonstration than the man Jesus Christ, the king of the universe, hanging on a cruel cross, condemned for your sin and for mine. By this, we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. The Apostle John wrote those words in a letter to his beloved children, spiritual children in Christ. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. My friends, what does it mean to lay down your life? I don't. I can't say I know what that means. None of us here have, in, a, in an ultimate sense, done that. We would not be here today if we had. But what does it mean to lay down your life day by day, hour by hour, for Jesus Christ? Friends, we can talk the talk all we want, but can we walk the walk? My friends, I have to tell you, I have seen an example this week. Right here, an example of this group of young people. Ordinary young people, people like you, people like you, people like me. You've heard their testimonies. But these people, like Jesus, saw something that no one else saw. They saw a need in a little town in East Kentucky. They helped someone that no one else could help. They did something that none of us here could do. They came here to help us. And they have shown us love in a way that I have not seen before. No, we have not laid down our lives in the sense of death. But we have seen an example, and every one of us can see, an example of people who have given up their summer vacation to come and to share and to be a blessing. And friends, I believe that they have shown us an example of Jesus' love. You know, I'd rather see a sermon than to hear one any day. I'd rather one should walk with me than to merely tell the way. The eye is a better pupil. It's more willing than the ear. Fine counsel is confusing, but example is always clear. The best of all the preachers are the men who live their creeds. For to see good put in action is what everybody needs. I can soon learn how to do it, if you will let me see it done. I can watch your hand in action, but but your tongue too fast may run. The lectures you deliver may be very wise and true, but I'd rather get my lessons by observing what you do. For I may misunderstand you and the high advice you give, but there's no misunderstanding how you act and how you live. When I see a deed of kindness, I'm eager to be kind. When a weaker brother stumbles and a strong man stands behind just to see if he can help him, then the wish grows strong in me to become as big and thoughtful as I know that friend to be. And all the travelers can witness. 
that the best of guides today is not the one who tells them, but the one who shows the way. One good man teaches many. Men believe what they behold. One deed of kindness noted is worth forty that are told. Who stands with men of honor learns to hold his honor dear. For right living speaks a language which to everyone is clear. Though an able speaker charms me with his eloquence, I say I'd rather see a sermon than to hear one any day. My friends, I believe we've seen a sermon. And I want to ask each one of you, I want to challenge you, I want to charge you, that until that day comes, when we see our Lord and Savior coming in the clouds of heaven, not all of you can stand up here. I'm proud of the young people who did. Maybe not every one of you will get a chance to stand in this pulpit. But how many of you are ready to strap on your boots, to roll up your sleeves, to put on your work gloves, and start preaching? That's my question for you today. Loving Father in heaven, you are coming again soon. Jesus is coming in the clouds of heaven to take us home. But until that day, Lord, help us to continue preaching your word by living the life that you have called us to live is our prayer in Jesus' name.